Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go to my website, www.betweenthetacklesfootball.com, and follow me on Instagram at Between the Tackles and on Twitter at BTWN the Tackles. I hope you guys all have a great day, and Jeremy out. What's going on, everyone? It's Jeremy Platt, and I'm back with another episode of the Between the Tackles podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, NFL free agency, the quarterback carousel. But first, let's start with the big news. Future NFL Hall of Famer J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals to a two-year, $31 million deal, $23 million guaranteed. The first thing I thought of after J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals is, wow, the NFC West just got better. They were already the best division in the NFL, and now they're getting even better by adding a future Hall of Famer. While I think the Cardinals' defensive line will be a powerhouse in the NFL, I don't think that was the best decision for them to sign J.J. Watt. And let me start with why. First of all, they have three key free agents. Hassan Reddick, the outside linebacker, Patrick Peterson, the cornerback, and Kenyon Drake, the running back. I don't think it's such a big deal for them to lose Kenyon Drake, but Patrick Peterson is arguably the best defensive player to ever suit up for the Arizona Cardinals, and losing him is a huge culture shock for that environment. Now they'll be losing Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson the same year. That's a whole new locker room in Arizona. Hassan Reddick, on the other hand, is coming off of a career year, over 10 sacks. He had five in one game. He was one of the best pass rushers in the NFC West last year, and that's a division with Eric Armstead, a division with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and, you know, so many other guys. People are going to think, you know, J.J. Watt, wow, that defensive line is going to be so much better. But last year, the Cardinals were fourth in the NFL in sacks. This was not a position of need. They should have just signed Hassan Reddick back. He would have got less money, and he's a younger player, and he's already in that locker room. I think they should have re-signed Hassan Reddick instead of signing J.J. Watt long-term. However, I think this move is going to do a domino effect in the NFC West. First, the Niners are going to have to re-sign left tackle Trent Williams, who was a beast for them last year. The Seahawks are going to need to find a way to protect Russell Wilson because not only do they have to face Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, twice a year. They also have to face Nick Bosa and, and Eric Armstead twice a year. They have to face Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd twice a year. Russell Wilson wants out, which we're going to talk about later, but the Seahawks really need to find a way to beef up their O-line. And then the Rams, on the other hand, Andrew Whitworth will most likely be retiring, and I believe Austin Blythe, their guard, is a free agent. So they're going to need to find a way with limited cap space to beef up their F- offensive line as well. Now, let's focus on the positives for the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on the same defensive line is insane. Those are the two players who have the most sacks since 2012. This is going to be causing nightmares for all the opposing quarterbacks. Second of all, they have a guy who can stuff the run and be a dominant force as a pass rusher from the interior of the defensive line. However, this is going to be an adjustment for young linebacker Isaiah Simmons because he's going to have to play off of J.J. Watt. What makes J.J. Watt such a, a beast as a pass rusher is you don't know what move he's going to do. He can either go inside or outside. While that is a struggle for offensive linemen, you also have to think about the linebackers who have to play off of him. Isaiah Simmons is going to have to learn how to play off of J.J. Watt, which is extremely difficult for any linebacker to do, let alone a second-year linebacker like Isaiah Simmons. This could cause some struggle for the Cardinals in the beginning of the season, but I think Simmons is talented enough to adjust. Now, let's move on to the NFL draft, and I'm going to start off with my top five quarterbacks for this year's draft. Starting at number five is Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama. While I do have him as the fifth-rated quarterback, I think there's a major drop-off from five to four, and I'm going to tell you why I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones. It starts with his ability to throw the deep ball. 
while he did have a high completion percentage downfield, it has to do with maybe Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, two of the best playmakers in the draft this year, being lined up out wide. Mac Jones made his money in the short passing game, but the reason why his stats are so good is because he has those players like Najee Harris, um, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith making plays after the catch. I think his receivers and running back make him look good. And for quarterbacks who usually lack arm strength, mobility can usually bail them out. That's not the case for Mac Jones. He was really stiff in the pocket. He only had 14 rushing yards in his final season, and he just looks flustered against the Blitz. And there are guys like Matthew Stafford who are available Guys like Derek Carr, who still are available, I don't see why a team should settle for Mac Jones early in the in the draft. I think he's going to end up being a top 20 pick because of the need at quarterback, but I really have him listed as a day three guy. Moving on to number four, I have Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU. I don't want to get it twisted. I think Zach Wilson is going to be a phenomenal quarterback in the NFL. However, I think that the other guys, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence are going to be absolute superstars. I think Zach Wilson is going to be closer to a Baker Mayfield, just maybe a little more mobile. Let's start off with what Zach Wilson does great. He's extremely accurate. He's an amazing decision maker. He doesn't really throw the ball into harm's way. He's also super mobile. He's an athlete. He can hurdle guys who have seen it, and he's great out of the pocket. He's also capable of making those Mahomes type of throws. I just don't think he has that same potential as the other three guys. One of the big reasons why I have him listed under those three guys is because what he does when he's under pressure. He didn't really get pressured a lot at BYU in his final season, but the one game he did was against Coastal Carolina, and that was the game he really struggled against. When he is under pressure, he looked like he struggled to step into his throws. He just didn't look comfortable, and that's really the big issue I had with him. I think team fits for him would be in San Francisco. I feel like that's the ideal fit, but I don't think San Francisco is going to be able to grab him. I think the New York Jets will, and that is another phenomenal fit because their head coach, Robert Sala, was the 49ers defensive coordinator last year, and their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFour, was the 49ers passing game coordinator last year. So I think he's going to be running that West Coast Kyle Shanahan offense, which is practically perfect for him. Coming in at number three, I have Justin Fields, the quarterback from the Ohio State. Justin Fields is one of my favorite players in this entire draft. He's the toughest quarterback I've ever seen come out of college, and I think he's going to be a superstar at the next level. He's just got those intangibles that you can't coach. He has the swagger, he's super competitive, and he has that dog in him that I know all of the teammates are going to want to buy into. The only quarterback that I can really compare that to coming out of college for me was Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson didn't have the greatest tape coming out of Clemson, but his teammates were able to find a way to buy into it. And Deshaun Watson is now a top three quarterback in the NFL, and I think Justin Fields has that same potential. Justin Fields throws an amazing deep ball. He knows how to read a defense despite what everyone on Twitter says. And he's mobile. You know, he's poised in the pocket. He's probably the the toughest quarterback I've ever seen come out of college. And I'm just all in on him. My favorite fit for him is actually the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a bit of a surprise. However, I don't think the Raiders are going to get rid of Carr. And I think they're too far back in the draft order to get him. I I, I really think that Fields is going to be a beast in the NFL. And he's going to make teams regret on passing on him. Coming in at number two is my personal favorite quarterback, the quarterback I would draft if I was an NFL GM, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. I think Trey Lance is the best dual threat quarterback in this draft, and I think he's a legitimate superstar in the making. He's not always the most accurate quarterback, but down the field, holy cow, can he throw the deep ball. He throws with touch, he can throw on a dart, you know, he's just got a cannon, and he can also throw on the run, and he can throw against pressure, and I'm, I'm just a huge fan of Trey Lance. People are sleeping on him just because he didn't really play this season. He played one game due to North Dakota State pushing back their season. But I, I, I 
I can't emphasize enough how much I love Trey Lance. Now that the Washington football team cut Alex Smith, I think they should be trying to trade out for him. I think the Saints, if Drew Brees retires, should try to trade out for him, and I think the Panthers could even stay put and draft him. I think he'd be a great fit in either of those three teams. And I could also see a team like, you know, the Detroit Lions picking him. He He's just a tough player. He might be able to bite some kneecaps off like Dan Campbell wants, and I think Trey Lance is going to be a superstar wherever he ends up. Coming in at number one, there's no surprise, it's Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson. Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback I've ever seen come out of college, and he is an absolute beast. He's got a cannon for an arm, he can run, he's got the highest IQ that I've ever seen come out of college, and he's a leader. I think he's practically a lock for the number one overall pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think he's going to be a sensation. However, I'm not confident in the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff and their general manager, Trent Baalke. So there you have it, my top five quarterbacks for this year's draft. Number five, Matt Jones. Number four, Zach Wilson. Three, Justin Fields. Two, Trey Lance. And number one, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. what I'm calling the Messiah. Now, for running backs, I'm not going to give you a whole breakdown like I did with the quarterbacks, but I will say a little something. I think Najee Harris is the best running back to come out of the draft since Saquon Barkley. He's an absolute freak athlete. He's fast. He's strong. He's big. He's athletic. And I just love Najee Harris. The sleeper running back that you guys all have to target in your fantasy drafts, no matter where he ends up, is Kenny Gainwell, the running back out of Memphis. He didn't play in 2020, so people don't really know about him, but he is an absolute beast. I compare him to Antonio Gibson. It might be a little lazy because he did play with him at Memphis, but you know why Antonio Gibson was playing wide receiver in college? It's because Kenny Gainwell was playing running back. You know, Kenny Gainwell, he's the first player since 1997 to have over 100 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards in a single college football game. He's just a beast. There's there's no other way to put it. He's got great change of direction. He's my number two rated running back. I like him that much. Uh, other guys are Trey Sermon, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, and yeah. So those are my running backs to watch for this year's draft. Next up, I want to talk about the NFL quarterback carousel, and I'm starting with the star, Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. He wants out. The Texans don't want to let him out, but I see no way Deshaun Watson playing for the Houston Texans ever again. I think the best fit for him is in Carolina. He would be coming back to his old stomping grounds where he went to school. He went to school at Clemson, which is in South Carolina, and I just think that would be a perfect fit. I don't know what Carolina would give up, maybe three or four first-round picks. They would have to give up either probably Christian McCaffrey or Brian Burns, two of their young stars. They would just have to offer a lot, but I think he'd be perfect with the Carolina Panthers under Matt Rule. Next up, we're going with Alex Smith, who just got cut by the Washington football team, and I think that, honestly, he should just retire. He doesn't have anything else he needs to prove. He came back from his horrific injury, and he won Comeback Player of the Year. He's an amazing story. And honestly, I think he should just retire. But if he's focused on coming back, I think a great fit with him would be in Chicago with the Bears. And if the Bears decide to take a chance on a guy like, I don't know, Mac Jones, he could be a mentor, and he could also start for them for the first however many weeks of the season. And now we're going to a quarterback on a trade market, which is Marcus Mariota. And I think he would be an amazing target for a team like the Patriots who don't know what they're doing at quarterback next year. He's a veteran, he's an athlete, and he can make plays. We saw that, what, what he did with the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders when Derek Carr was out this year. And I think Marcus Mariota can still start somewhere in this, in this league. Now we're going to go to Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I don't see him leaving Seattle. I think they'll make things work. And if anything, they would fire... Pete Carroll before they decided to trade Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is their franchise. He is an amazing quarterback. He's the future Hall of Famer, and he's not going anywhere. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, I think he should try to find a way out, maybe a way to San Francisco. But I don't think he's not hitting the market this year. He's going to be a Cowboy for life. 
they're just stalling that contract, and I think he's going to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in NFL history. Now let's move on to two quarterbacks who have already been traded, Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. I think both teams, the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Rams, are Super Bowl contenders. You know, I think that the Rams might have given up a little too much for Matthew Stafford, but if they are in the Super Bowl next year, I guess I'm wrong. The Indianapolis Colts, on the other hand, absolutely robbed the Philadelphia Eagles. The fact that they got the Eagles to pay Carson Wentz full salary this year is insane. It's the largest ever cap hit. I think it's $33 million. But for Philadelphia, I think now you have clarity with Jalen Hurts, who is their guy. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. I would, I would think that he is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL next year. And for the Indianapolis Colts, I think you guys are Super Bowl contenders just like the Rams. You know, I think Carson, if there's anyone to revamp Carson Wentz's career, it's going to be Frank Reich who did it in Philadelphia when he led him to nearly an MVP season. I think the Colts are going to be really good next year, and they might even be my Super Bowl pick. We'll have to find out. For my final segment, I'm going to talk about the NFL free agent wide receivers, and I'm going to say quickly where I think they should go. Starting with Will Fuller, I think he should go to the Green Bay Packers and be the number two receiver to Devontae Adams, and he would have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. I think he's definitely a 1,200-yard receiver, 10-plus touchdowns, and I think he would have a career season with the Green Bay Packers. Chris Godwin, I think he's going to get the franchise tag from Tampa Bay. T.Y. Hilton, I could see him signing somewhere with a place where he can just mentor a young receiver and be maybe like a number two or number three guy. I know the Saints don't have any money, but if they were to find a way to get T.Y. Hilton, I think that would be huge for Michael Thomas, and I think he will be what they wanted Emmanuel Sanders to be last year. Another team to watch out for is the Las Vegas Raiders. Curtis Samuel, I want him to go to the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan would make him a beast. Not that he already isn't one. Or maybe he even goes to a place like the Washington football team where he can be the number two receiver for, to Terry McLaurin. And I think that would just be a dynamic young duo for whatever quarterback they decide to pursue. Next up, we got Kenny Galladay, who I believe will sign with the Indianapolis Colts. And I think he will be Carson Wentz's number one receiver. Take on a similar role to Alshon Jeffrey, just a lot bigger. He would get way more production. And... The next receiver I'm th- talking about is Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think he really wants to stay a Pittsburgh Steeler, but in reality, I don't think they're going to sign him. I think they're, t- they're too focused on Bud Dupree. I think Juju goes to the New England Patriots and takes on a similar role to what to what they wanted Nikhil Harry to be. The last receiver I'm talking about is Allen Robinson, and I think he goes to Baltimore and beats Lamar Jackson's number one receiver. He'll be the best receiver Lamar Jackson's had since he's gotten to the NFL, and I think that would just be insane. That is all that I have for you guys today. My name is Jeremy Platt. This is Between the Tackles. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Between the Tackles, on Twitter at BTW on the Tackles, and that's it. Jeremy out. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go to my website, www.betweenthetacklesfootball.com, and follow me on Instagram at Between the Tackles and on Twitter at BTW and the Tackles. I hope you guys all have a great day, and Jeremy out.